the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We're in the house. <laughs> here we are. I had to wait for John to tell me that we're here. <laughs> for sure. Welcome, everyone. And we're the luckier the for it. Oh. What, say that again. I said, we're the luckier for it. Yeah. Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> uh, it's, my, it's my favorite hour and a half during the week. Oh, I'm up to, without nice. words. <laughs> but <That's>, uh, <laughs> we are glad. <laughs> That's a bad thing right. for a radio host to say. Listen, folks, I, I'm tired tonight. We've had a good, long day. Uh, um, a thousand two hundred and so wow. trainees this nice. morning with many decisions for Christ, and uh, I w- had a bi- uh, Bible study this afternoon mm-hmm. with some uh, neighbors, uh, neighbors, uh, and some thirty, uh, forty-year-old young professional yeah. men and women, and a great Bible study with them, and. And then Daisy came and got me, and we're grabbed up, and we're here. I, I'm a little tired, so if I'm not clear in my speaking, well, there's little you can do about it. <laughs> Call <laughs> in and let uh, us know? I don't know. No, I think you'll hang in there we'll with me. We'll try to interpret. But Stacy's going to pick up the slack and help me. We're going to move into the gospel of Isaiah tonight, yeah. in a, yeah. a very way, uh, very clear way. Some people respond to it at the Gospel of Isaiah. We're going to move into the Book of Isaiah. There's a magnificent uh, prophet of Israel, mm-hmm. and so Stacy, you want to tell them about where, when, how? Yeah, and sure. Well, I love that we know exactly what year because he says. Uh, in the in the days of Uzziah, right? Uh, I saw what it has. What's that famous? In the year that I mean, King Uzziah died, I, I saw the Lord. Lord. Isn't that cool? The, I love that. Isaiah chapter six. Yes, and we can talk about that. And so that gives us a good idea of when it was written, which was uh, about seven forty to six. 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of the first of the major prophets um, that is writing. And you I, I, you gave us a really good 
just quick breakdown, or you gave me just before we started. But they they come out of Egypt. They're 40 years in the wilderness. They then spend about 15 years in open warfare, uh, Canaan and under Joshua. And then they do conquer Canaan. They move in. And then there's about 10 years of them still kind of in skirmishes, clearing out. Mop mop up. Yes, (laughs) nice. Clearing out... um, the land again still under Joshua and then they move into 325 years of the judges and so then you get into the time of the judges and then that takes us to about let's see uh 14 so the the, to the 325 years that takes us to about 1450 mm-hmm. and then we move into let's see well Saul though is appointed in 1050 and so is that – that's our 325 years. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So, so about 1450, uh, the judges for 325 years, 325 years. And then we get Saul at about 1050. And then we get King David at about 1010. And then you have Solomon at about 970. And there's, that's 40 years each. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in 970 – We've, uh, and then, and then, so 970 to 930, so 40 years under David, and then 930 is when the 40 years Solomon. Of Solomon. Yes, yeah. I am not making this easy. If you're checking with us, honey, I'm so proud of you. That's this takes good. this took three years through the Bible to figure these dates out. <laughs> oh, that, it took me 30, I guess. <laughs> well, but no, you did good. That's it's a, interesting. A good overview. Yeah. So then you're about 930. Uh, the divided kingdom in 930, then what happened? And then we have, uh, well, let's see, and about what, so very shortly after. Jeroboam, uh Jeroboam. And Rehoboam is in Judah, and Jeroboam is who broke off with the north. So Jeroboam took the north. Ten tribes of the north. Mm -hmm. Israel and Judah, they're called. Yeah. Of the north. And Mm -hmm. right. So Israel are the ten tribes of the north and Judah are the uh, two tribes, just Judah and Benjamin in the south. What's the next major event? Right. Well, the Assyrians attack the north and, and and completely conquer them. The north is divided, is is spread out, split, and and never ever to come back what together. What year was that? That was in oh, this I don't know about this Bible quiz hour. I thought it was I thought, okay. Let's see, five. Oh, that's. Okay, seven, 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 seven twenty-two. I, I got might it. have been yeah. getting it. <laughs> hey, thanks. How many okay, fingers so, do my right, holding exactly. up? Right, yeah. uh, So then, seven twenty-two. Right. It is good for it to remember that date. Okay. It's a key date. Yeah. Uh, Samaria fell mm-hmm. to the yes. uh, Assyrians. Their capital okay. is. Uh, the Assyrians' capital is Nineveh. Nineveh, mm-hmm. very good. Yes. And their capital, Nineveh, they take the ten northern tribes. Mm-hmm. They never reconstituted. Yeah. Never returned mm-hmm. to the land. So that was. So they went from the kingdom mm-hmm. divided in 930, 
And so from 9.30 to 7.22, mm-hmm. they were able to survive and to at least mm-hmm. be, uh, um, that I'm kind of, I'm surprised it wasn't sooner. I know that all of that time, the northern tribes were constantly under attack. So there was never really a peaceful time. I think no, it was always. No, it was a very uh, difficult time. Yes. Not only were both north and the south under attack by their uh, people around them, mm-hmm. um, they fought each other. Right. Uh, and so they, there was, and there was a lot of maneuvering, political maneuvering to try to right. reunite the some yes. resisted it and use all the, the just basically wanted to get more power. Mm-hmm. Remember Athaliah, yes, the one right. queen, yes. and making an effort to unite them with, under the, her power. Right. And, and so uh, they brought in a priestess of Baal yeah, because yeah. they were trying to make so bad decisions. 722. So that was, and that's, that's when Kings, so the book of Chronicles and Kings yeah. are during those years. Well, the Chronicles is something else with the, king, right. the Kings. Yes, are Kings uh, covering the Kings of the Israel North and, the, and Judah. Mm-hmm. When Israel dropped out, then the, uh, Judah stayed intact. Another, uh, when did Judah fall? Five eighty six. Okay, five eighty six to Babylon. Yeah, to Babylon. Okay. So uh, then you see at that point. Um, okay. So Isaiah starts writing <coughs> just before Assyria uh, attacks and, and um, destroys the north and Israel. Yeah. So is, uh, Isaiah starts in about 740, and then, uh, and this is always a little tricky. Remember, it's counting down mm-hmm. <laughs> towards 0 to BC. Six, or, to 6 AD. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, sure. To, uh, to 6 AD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we've got... 60 years. He, uh, he prophesied during the reign of, uh, is it six kings or what do more now one thing it's probably good for you to remember Stacy and, and folks okay. is that during those years once Jeroboam and Rehoboam caused a split mm-hmm. there were approximately 22 kings in the north and 22 kings in Judah but the kings of uh, in the in, uh, in the north Israel in the north, right. uh, they twenty two kings, but they lasted fewer years. Right. They didn't they were didn't have the stability right. that and, and the traditions of the temple and so on, mm-hmm. and it le- made them less um, stable. Mm-hmm. And so they had twenty two kings, but they didn't last as long as Judah. Right. In fact, it, probably about Judah. half as long. Yes, I think it was maybe a hundred years yeah. versus two hundred years. So twenty two kings in a hundred years versus twenty two kings yeah. in two hundred years. Yeah, exactly, what, mm-hmm. in twenty two kings. Uh, and Judah in mm-hmm. the south uh, ended with the conquest of uh, Jerusalem and Judah mm-hmm. by Babylon, mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of that time, 740 to 680, uh, Isaiah was preaching. Mm-hmm. And he was preaching 
to Israel, Jerusalem, to mm-hmm. uh, to Judah in the south, and to Israel in the in the north. And but he was also, as a good reminder, I think, preaching to a number of Surrounding other countries. Um, mm-hmm. If that's one of our questions, but. Uh, uh, he also gave messages and sermons. That's what the books of the prophets are, are all about. Okay. It's a record of the major themes, the major preachings, the sermons mm-hmm. that these men, uh, their primary messages that they delivered during the years of their uh, ministry. Now, it doesn't mean they don't, don't may have delivered the same message many times, mm-hmm. written down so. But these are their primary messages. And um, Isaiah had nine pagan nations mm. outside of Israel that he prophesied to. Babylon, Philistia, remember the the Philistines, uh-huh. the nation, Philistia, Assyria, Moab, Aram, Damascus, Ethiopia, Egypt, Edom, Arabia, and Tyre. Wow. A number of nations. So it's a reminder to us that uh, it's never all about Israel. Mm-hmm. It never was uh, mm-hmm. God's redemptive plan. Now, Israel, the, and I'm talking about Israel in the sense of a people group, right. a political, geopolitical, right. so, social group, mm-hmm. that there was a real plan for them. God was using them. He was calling them in their midst. He would discipline them. Mm-hmm. They had a role in the redemptive plan of God, the bigger picture. Right. But the bigger picture was the bigger picture. <laughs> and, and it was always about the whole world. Mm-hmm. God, it never was. It, we have a little bit of a problem today. It's a, basically the same problem that Jesus had and even that Isaiah had and others had. Is it, There was a constant tendency for the people the leaders, the kings, the prophets, not necessarily, no, not the prophets. I'll, I'll back up from that. <laughs> the prophets maintain a vision God didn't plan for the whole world. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah, the, one of the main messages they kept delivering to Israel mm-hmm. was uh, not only their part and their role and mm-hmm. their calling, but the, the vision of of the the global vision mm-hmm. of their calling, I can see how love it would of be. God for the world. Right, right. You when you had even back to when we were talking about this before the program, uh, you know, with the, the going back to that very beginning, the covenant with Abraham yes. having the two aspects to it. One of which was he made a promise to Abraham that he would make them a great nation, that the number of people like the people of the stars, and and that through him though would come the Messiah. So there is, so you kind of make it like an earthly aspect to it. And then the spiritual and the eternal, the larger picture. And uh, I can see how it would be sometimes 
I mean, complicated. It could be. Uh, um, yeah. I could see how it because especially once you and how it'd be tempting to. What is it? What uh, the the. Um, the, the immediate, when there's an immediate need, yes. sometimes you forget the, the bigger. And so often Israel as a people group, I mean, they're enslaved. They're at one point, uh, Jezebel, I mean, they almost are down to their yeah. their lineage of David is almost completely wiped out. The kings. They're threatened by Assyria, by Damascus. Yes, I mean, they live others. in a very tumultuous a lot of war, a lot of so just as a people group and as a nation group, you're you're tempted to just looking to survive, and yeah. and then you even think of, of course in in the Roman time. I mean, here the Jews are being very persecuted, and I mean, all a lot of people groups are by the Romans, and um, yeah. and they're it's very tempting to think, okay, the Messiah, we need a Messiah, but instead of recognizing this Messiah is the Messiah of the whole world, Emmanuel, God with us uh-huh. uh, uh, humans. It's, oh, we need somebody yeah. to save us from this immediate, it, just the, that, the Romans. It was a strong tendency that the pro- prophets constantly reminding them mm-hmm. of their role, yes, mm-hmm. of their calling to serve God, yes, right. mm-hmm. it, but also reminding them this is bigger than us. Mm-hmm. It, the, that's why I say quite often, I, I don't know if I'm confusing people or not, <laughs> but the the truest meaning of Israel, the ultimate meaning of the word Israel even, uh, I believe it means the people of God, the people who belong to God. And that, that doesn't mean that little people group we call Israel the nation. So, right, right. Uh, the truest meaning was always, and now we uh, we understand that now because of Jesus and the apostles, that that God had grafted in now millions and millions of Gentiles, uh, grafted in, into Israel the people of God, mm-hmm. and so I can see it too, Stacey. I, I can understand how they might have uh, uh, in the given moment become, uh, I call it ethnocentric. Right, right. They became focused on themselves, the little right. people group, mm-hmm. a- instead of right. the whole world. Right. Well, what's interesting, though, is with God, you don't have to, it's not either or. Yeah. It is both. Yeah. God does care absolutely oh, about yes. that. I love that, I always love that Benjamin Franklin, that, you know, um, if a, a sparrow could fall without uh, um, his, can, can a nation rise up without his hand? You know, calling it God, God governs in the affairs of man. And yeah. he does. He cares. He cares about people group. He cares about nations. He cares about justice. And he cares about, and though, he cares. And, and, and those things aren't the end. That's they they are a part of the greater purpose and the bigger plan. I, there's a quote, and I love Isaiah. I think does such a great job of capturing that. I think it's uh, you know he writes very specifically and prophesies very specifically about. Israel, the people group. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mm-hmm. it, it's specific. It is not about 
you know, he, he talks about Assyria. He talks about specifically what's going to happen and, um, and the sorrow and the heartbreak of what this captivity and what it will mean, the fall of Jerusalem. And, um, and it's, but, but he also, um, so he's, he's speaks it, but he also like reaches his language. I mean, some of our most beautiful scripture verses, um, you know, when it comes to the the coal that touches, you know, yeah. I am a man of unclean lips. Or when it comes to wonderful counselor, yes. Emmanuel, the prophecy of Jesus. Uh, and there's a quote, let's see, this is Barry Webb. And he just says, um, in studying Isaiah, I have soared into the heavens and seen the glory of God. And with new eyes, I have seen this world and my own place in it. The view has been breathtaking. Mm. I think that summarizes, I, I mean, that's a great description of the book of Isaiah. It's all at once very specific. It's written in a certain time and place. He's prophesying about very specific events that are uh, even even ethnocentric and about the people of Israel. At the same time, though, it's it's glorious. It's it's the heavens. It's the heavenlies when you read it. Um, And so I, I it's interesting. It's not Either or, it's it's both when it comes to God's ability to both govern in the affairs of man and to care about every hair on your head, about your children and your grandchildren and your uh, lineage. At the same time, he's the God of the universe, of mm-hmm. all the stars, and he's got a great, big, grand, beautiful plan that will bring it all together. Well, it, and it's it's thrilling when you capture that Mm -hmm. we can we can make the same mistake as christians we can get very um doctrinaire we can get a real small understanding of the body of christ and think that we're the center of the universe Mm -hmm. america and uh, Mm -hmm. of course the Lord has a way of disciplining and humbling us when He wants to, and then, but but it, the tendency is always there to be uh, to be ethno ethnocentric mm-hmm. focus, and uh, and that's right, good. Mm-hmm. We care about. The evangelization of our own country mm-hmm. and reaching right. people for Christ here, mm-hmm. but never lose sight of the importance of the world. Got and the of course, world. we're we're tremendously blessed in America because the world has come here. Mm-hmm. We have oh, people right. from so many language groups mm-hmm. here in America that if we are effective in making disciples mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. those men and right. women. Hundreds and thousands of them can go back to their home places and Mm -hmm. be part of helping change their own nations Mm -hmm. for Christ. So Mm -hmm. it's, like you said, it's not one or the other. It's keeping both in mind. uh, But don't don't lose sight of either the smaller vision, the local, important right. or the great grand right. vision that's mm-hmm. motiv- motivating to mm-hmm. us. And I think you've got it right on. Okay. Yeah. Now, these <laughs> opening chapters 
he opened up. Uh, now, Isaiah has two sections. One is uh, the first 39 books. Okay. And, the, and then you have the last 27 books. Which just like a Bible. 66 almost, books yeah. or 66 chapters. Yeah. Which is the same as. And those two divisions, chapters 1 through 39, has a specific emphasis that is displayed in Isaiah's teaching and preaching. Mm-hmm. And in the last. 40 verse in chapter 40 there's a total change of uh, of uh, a change of flavor or change you'll see a change in the message and we can we'll come back and talk about that big view of the book of Isaiah after the break after you're listening break. yes to the Bible live this is the book of Isaiah um, and we'll come back with more on that give me the book of Isaiah. Uh, We read, uh, let's see, through chapter 39 this week. And what what a book. (laughs) It is often said that the book of Isaiah can kind of represents the whole of scripture. So there's 66 chapters in Isaiah, just like there's 66 books in the Bible. And you have up until about chapter 40, that is uh, talking about judgment. It's uh, a prof- prophetic. Uh, he talks about uh, he brings in um, at least nine other countries. And of course, he's you know, speaking and he's writing to uh, Judah and Israel. But he also uh, prophesies and writes to Babylon, Philistia, Syria, Moab, Aram, Damascus, Ethiopia, Egypt, Edom, Arabia, Tyre are all also mentioned. It's uh, when he starts writing, it's in about uh, the year 740. And then it really is the introduction of these major super powers that have uh, that are beginning you see them moving and making moves but they really I mean it's, it goes from Assyria to Babylon to Medo-Persia to Persia and then you get Rome and that takes us no. up to Jesus time but you get it's this era of these kind of dominant superpowers and um which and, is surrounded, and they are surrounded all surrounded little <laughs> little nation uh, little people of uh, <laughs> called israel and i i think did you want to talk a little bit more about isaiah's call to ministry the actual moment or do you want me to go ahead and it read is, chapter six it's which so is, amazing so beautiful i i wouldn't even estimate <laughs> The hundreds and thousands of sermons mm-hmm. that have been preached about Isaiah chapter 6. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. One of the most majestic, majestic mm-hmm. passages in Scripture for sure. And there are wonderful passages. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think it probably be worthwhile to just read Isaiah 6 one 
to the folks, Stacey, and okay. just appreciate the beauty, the beauty and the power of this experience in the life of a young mm-hmm. I- Isaiah. Okay. So we'll re- I'm going to read Isaiah just chapter 6. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a man of sinful lips. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Yes, go and say to this people, Listen carefully, but do not understand. Watch closely, but learn nothing. Harden the hearts of these people. Plug their ears and shut their eyes. That way they will not see with their eyes, nor hear with their ears, nor understand with their hearts, and turn to me for healing. Then I said, Lord, how long will this go on? And he replied, Until their towns are empty, their houses are deserted, and the whole country is a wasteland. Until the Lord has sent everyone away, and the entire land of Israel lies deserted. If even a tenth, a remnant, survive. It will be invaded again and burned. But as a terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, so Israel's stump will be a holy seed. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the first verse. I know. Year that very, Uzziah <laughs> I died. saw the Lord. Some people don't realize that Uzziah, mm-hmm. as a king, had two Two names that are he given in the uh, in the scriptures, and the one of them he is called Azariah, mm-hmm. and then Uzziah. Okay. And so when you look for Uzziah uh, in the list of the kings, you, you won't find it, and you think, well, where's Uzziah? It's Azariah. Well, of course he has two names. Yeah, <laughs> Just sure, to make sure. it real. Right, of course. Uh, now, the thing about Azariah was he was a king for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember how many years. But he was uh, there a long, uh, long years of relative stability. Mm-hmm. Stability, <laughs> hard word to say for me, <laughs> but and so his passing was a shock to the country, like us say oh, right. when, when John was... Kennedy okay. was assassinated, okay. or, or or Lincoln is a shock to the country. Right. Well, it was a shock to oh. the nation of Israel, so. That must have figured to some extent 
into Isaiah's experience. Mm, there was a grieving for his country, for a right. nation, for what God is doing in right. through them, mm-hmm. and a grief, a wondering how this uh, will affect God's redemptive plan for the for right. the whole world. And mm-hmm. so, uh, he, he, I can I can imagine how it would be a deeply moving time in his life when he is uh, tender and when he is teachable and when he's sensitive to hearing God's voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I think, I mean, that has always spoken so much to me uh, that going from I am doomed, I am a man of unclean lips, I live among a people of unclean lips, and to go from that, uh, that, felt immediate emote that and and he and he knows it and i'm sure at the time too it like you said it, it must have felt like a national mourning i mean a period mm-hmm. of grief a period of uncertainty and confusion uh and and warranted too you know just the sense of not having necessarily lived up to the expectations that was put on israel you know we have a sense of maybe failure that sense that, that we all have personally oh, yeah. Um, and what I think is so neat is what what he what Isaiah experiences personally is is perhaps what the nation was experiencing as a as a Maybe nation, so. and that uh, I mean that moment of the forgiveness, the coal touching yes. his lips, which I have heard explained um, <coughs> as you know when it when it came to uh this was from the bible project so tim Mackey, um thank you to him for for this explanation um which it, it, until that time you know, the the levitical laws and a lot of the laws that they lived under were a, um cleansing were, were purity laws mm-hmm. and so the reason that you wouldn't touch something that is impure is because you would be contaminated you would it's kind of how sin moves right sin Mm-hmm. It's like a cancer sin is a, uh, a like a disease, and it's a, so you want to stay apart, and it's a little bit symbolic, but a yeah. keep yourself holy and pure, and so yeah. symbolically you show respect. For it's the, good for you to say that, yes. because some people wonder what that means of being unclean right. in the Old Testament. What it wasn't fatal; you were sinner lost forever. It was simply saying that sin, well, you touch a dead body, and, right. you know, the different things right. you make you unclean. And the, the idea was that when, that, you, yes, mm-hmm. when you touch something that was unclean, you were made unclean. You were... Your uh, your fellowship with God mm-hmm. was interrupted because you're a sin. Right. Now, right now, we as Christians, we cannot... As a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are truly born again, you cannot lose your relationship with God, but your fellowship as a believer with Mm -hmm. God can become interrupted, and you can become quite miserable, Mm -hmm. and and the idea that we can be forgiven, Mm -hmm. confessing our sin. And the cold touching our lips or well, that's, the, the symbolism right. of uh, God's action in uh, like 
it said in um, uh, word First John or uh, confess if we confess First John one nine, if we confess our sin, he is faithful, faithful and just to forgive us right. our sin and cleanse us mm-hmm. from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. So we get the idea there. That when it it sets his lips. Well, and and I think that that is, this is the first time I think that I can, so up until then, though, when something touched that uh, you were then made unclean and mm-hmm. and then the idea was you can't walk into right the presence of, you know like say the holy of holies or the priest they couldn't just waltz into the presence of god unclean and there's a humility there needed to be a recognition there needed well here he's i am a man of and so for the first time though something this piece of coal instead of the coal becoming unclean instead of uh, he became made made clean, and so for the first time, instead of touching something that uh, was unclean and being um, contaminated in it, there was this uh, this piece of coal that was touched with the tongs that is clearly you know holy, and it made him clean, and uh, that uh, yeah. Do you think it that's a reference? In some way to the offerings that were. Yes. The, well, the, right. Well, that the, coal symbolizes, I think, the Jesus. Yeah. The, right. a, I and yeah. I'm saying all the offering did, too. You wanted to cook right. sin offering and the animal would burn and so on. Right. Uh, it could have been that was a reference to the fire, uh, cleaning fire of the offerings and so uh-huh. on. And of course, ultimately, right. ultimately, you're right that that is about Jesus, yes. the redeemed, the Lamb of God, yes. who was slain, and by His death, yeah. we were forgiven and made right with God. Because typically, you walk into the presence of that that consuming fire, and instead of being cleansed, we're destroyed because yeah. it's too much but here this piece of coal that was just accessible oh, enough yeah. for us and that's such a representation representation of of jesus that i mean we couldn't even bear to look upon god and survive it like moses yeah. you know show me well i'll show like you the back of me like, like a, yes i can't if i see you i'm gonna, with me right but but this piece of coal this i will give you access to this is going to touch your life this is going to touch your lips and you will be made mm. and that's exactly mm. what the Messiah was. We we couldn't bear to be in the full presence of God, but but God became man, and and in the form and, and in the form of a human, God came to us and touched each of us, and and passed that cleansing forgiveness to each of us. And I think that's one of the prettiest pictures. Of, then you get that Ezekiel's river, that cleansing river, and now as. As believers and as Christians and as those that dwell in Christ, we now have that same authority, that same holiness, that same ability to touch the lives of other people. You're you're following the very logic of of the passage. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Okay, this is a vision. Okay. Okay. What does what does he does Isaiah Isaiah see first? I saw the, the Lord. Lord. Mm-hmm. He he had somehow there was a sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the situation brought him uh, humility and brokenness, and he he got a fresh vision of the glory, the majesty, the power, the love of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of the people. Uh, uh, of what get a f- fresh vision of God. Mm-hmm. We need that first and foremost, because it was that vision of God mm-hmm. that brought the brokenness and the humility. To secondly, he saw himself mm-hmm. oh, in his right. sin, yeah. and, it, and he realized, oh, whoa, with me, I, I'm nothing. God I'm doomed. So great. <laughs> I'm unworthy. I'm, not. Uh-huh. and then. He saw the angel and the coal, oh. and uh, see the the series of he saw right. God, he saw himself, he saw God's provision mm-hmm. for his life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he sees other people. Right. For one, he oh. he he makes him. I will go. Send me. Yeah, to other people, mm-hmm. and uh, and. Who will go for us? Mm-hmm. And here I am, send me. Mm-hmm. So then he sees other people. And I remember that so very, in my own life, there was a time I uh, came to Christ at age seven. I loved the Lord, served the Lord. And now without, I didn't know, understand a lot of things about the Bible still. But I got the calling. I knew very early that we exist. The reason we're here is to help others come to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I, I I remember leading so many boys at the Boys Ranch. Uh, by, the, by the time I finished high school, uh, even by the chaplain's own admission, Sophie is leading more people to Christ than I am. And I'm not boasting. I'm just saying there were needy boys all around me all those years. And I had the passion to share God's love with them. And, and so many came to the Lord. And it's just a, it, it's a part of the vision they have for mankind, for our situation. Mm-hmm. And the belief that somehow or other, Against all odds, you can make a difference. And I would uh, encourage our listeners tonight to identify with Isaiah, see God, see your need for forgiveness or cleansing, see his provision, and hear its calling as well then to then give your life, invest your life in, in loving God and praying for other people and praying for their needs and loving them and helping them meet Christ. And in uh, a thousand different ways we can do that. Uh, you can do it yourself personally, and then you can do it with your church group, mm-hmm. reaching out to the neighborhood, 
Uh, you can support missionaries, or you can go on mission trips and participate. Today's the so many possibilities to someone who is sensitive at seeing God, seeing the need, and, and willing to go. And that that's a process that Isaiah went through. Uh, saw God, saw his need, mm-hmm. saw the God's provision, and then heard God's call to go to the world. But then there's something about Isaiah's calling. It's so funny. Isaiah was called to a ministry of failure. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> I want you to right. go and tell the people, but they're not and they're gonna not going to pay attention <laughs> to you. Right. <laughs> that must have been. Uh, that's a that's a hard that's a hard sell mm-hmm. right there. You know. Uh, and he said, "How long?" I, that too would be a good question. <laughs> well, how long do I have to do that? And he said, "Till the whole towns are empty, their houses are desolate." Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but in that last promise of hope, mm-hmm. the the uh, the remnant. Mm-hmm. The remnant. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a, rem- a remnant. Even after judgment has fallen, even after some people are gotten corrected and Babylon destroyed mm-hmm. Jerusalem, there will be a remnant, mm-hmm. and, and it will continue on. And that, that's just a magnet, magnificent chapter, that chapter 6. It really truly is. Mm-hmm. I think it also it, right, it sets the uh, uh, as far. I think what you said. I think it all, it goes kind of quickly into. Um, well, it's that proper perspective. I mean, Isaiah goes into ministry with an eternal perspective, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yet that heart and that love for people. Like you know, he sees others. He send me. I'll go, and. You you get the sense. I mean, he's prophesying and he's delivering some pretty sad, horrible news mm-hmm. um, to many people groups, uh, and he's told they're not going to listen <laughs> to you. Yep. There's going to be a lot of rejection. There's, and it's going to ultimately. I mean, it's going to at least not ultimately, but it's going to in your lifetime, and in heartache, and it and it does. I mean, he sees the fall of his country. He sees destruction and uh, pain. He prophesies terrible things. I mean, I think the. Uh, hardest of course of it i mean they're they're going to be eating their children you're going to see your children carried off and you're not going to be able to do anything about it it's going to be i mean these are very painful and um the the isaiah has experienced this the you know he when he saw the lord i'm doomed that's it it's all over it's his thoughts i'm done for i'm i'm dead (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know and he goes from that though to to glory i mean he goes from and that is the that's the res, that is the salvation that is we are done we are done for we are doomed we are and in god's presence that is what we deserve and yet the one who can the only one who can truly destroy us who can really who has that power that authority he 
doesn't. He loves us so much that he chose to be destroyed in our in our place um, to give us that access to glory and to the Father. And to have, and so I, I guess what I'm saying. I guess that's the only reason Isaiah had the courage, uh, courage, yes. the hope. Yes, the, he had. He to, had to been, go forward. Yes, exactly. He he knew what it was to fear the Lord and the Lord alone. He doesn't fear other kings. He doesn't fear people. He doesn't fear physical pain or death. He fears the Lord, rightfully so. But he also knows that. So he, there's a wisdom, I think, that comes in, from Isaiah's experience of truly knowing who to fear. And that's the Lord and the Lord alone. And he lives for the Lord, the King of Kings, and, and doesn't fear. And I think there's just a real freedom. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of it. But you see such freedom in his yeah. prophesying and his writing and yeah. his uh, and a fearlessness that comes so a wisdom, a fearlessness, uh, a focus on the Lord, and it is and, and that comes from I that think calling. What you said um, would come to bear here is that yes, he saw the wor- world mm-hmm. and the people's needs and all from God's perspective. Mm-hmm. That means that he knew there'll there'll always be a remnant. You know, it's going to be tough and. The, but God's going to always, and that brings us to the topic of his messages, uh, whether it's to the pagan nations or to to Jerusalem and Judea or to Samaria and Israel in the north. Mm-hmm. His message is one of hope. Mm-hmm. Even though the first 39, he's warning about the need to repent, to turn to God, but there's a constant message over and over of the Messiah, the Redeemer, that one who's going to redeem us and cleanse us. Emmanuel. We better give a phone number. Yes, that's right. So I'm sure you have all sorts of questions and thoughts on Isaiah, but you just don't know who to call or how to call. Uh, feel free. We would love to hear from you. 210-340-9585. This is The Bible Live. I'm here with my dad, Soapy. This is Stacy, And we're going through the book of Isaiah. We're going to go on a, to a short break, and we will be back. Oh, I will raise him up on the last day. They say we need money and power. They say talking about it. We read through up until chapter 39 this past week. And uh, we've been talking about how, you know, Isaiah is writing to and living among a very specific people.
people group. I mean, uh, the Jewish people um, at this point, the tribes have not, uh, the northern tribes, they have split, but they have not, the northern tribes still exist. They've not been destroyed yet and taken over by Assyria. Um, But speaking of kingdoms, in that song, you seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Of course, that's a New Testament. That's Jesus who says that, but that's exactly uh, throughout Isaiah's writing. You know, he's surrounded by these different kingdoms, Assyria, Babylon, Egypt, uh, and they're growing in power. And he's he's essentially telling his people, his kingdom to seek first God and all of those things will be added. I mean, that's really Isaiah's. I say it, it, it's it's no. not uh, seek him. Do not lose focus of him. Seek him and all of that, all of the the wealth, the those things that'll come. That'll come exactly how God wants it to come. Uh, and his, of course, his. Um, what do you say? The 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 money, the the coin of the kingdom. Faith uh-huh. is the coin of the kingdom. <laughs> you like that picture? I don't do. You? Yeah. Uh, you know, it might look different. It's going to be. It might not be silver and you know, wealth and power and. But it's a it's a it's a holiness. It's a yeah. it's it's what we really need. Grace is heads and. Faith is tails. I every time I coin flip, I always say tails because I am convinced that it's it's, <laughs> it's tails all the time. But but it, it is so true. All the nations that surrounded Israel and what Isaiah saw. Mm-hmm. You remember, Stacy, how you always remember uh, Genesis fifteen, right? The Covenant that God made with uh, with uh, Abraham, mm-hmm. and there were two aspects. We often say this to that covenant. One was an earthly aspect to Abraham and his seed, it, the the nation that would come uh, from him, and uh, that God called them to be a witness for him. Uh, to the nations around him. And as you said many times, Israel here, that little piece of real real estate mm-hmm. we call Israel, they were strategically placed in the very center of the of the expansion of the human human race. Uh, they had Moab to the south, Egypt to the south. Then they had Aram uh, with their capital of Damascus, was up along the Mediterranean. And then further uh, east from them was Nineveh, the capital of Syria. And then you had Babylon, Babylonia, and Babylon, the city of Babylon. And these that was that was where the power moved. It moved from Egypt to Aram to Assyria to Babylon, uh, uh, and then uh, at that point, Babylon destroyed Judah and Jerusalem, and so on. So, in word, they were strategically placed to keep alive 
a vision of the one true God. Monotheism. Mm-hmm. They were the they were a lone uh, nation uh, testifying to the one true and living God. Among all the idolatry, the polytheism, uh, many god, and so on. Uh, so they were to keep that open, keep that vision, and if they would be faithful in doing that, then God would preserve them and keep them as a nation. Uh, that uh, just as a people group nation. That was the earthly aspect that that uh, Isaiah and the other prophets quite often mentioned to the calling the people to be that people right. of God right. with the vision toward the bigger vision uh, right. but their role and remember that vision Genesis 15 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the thing is God walked through God did both parts of the covenant and he did both part he did both parts of that covenant they didn't keep their part of that covenant that local even that local covenant Mm -hmm. but god preserved them anyway Mm -hmm. he kept them preserved them Mm -hmm. disciplined but he kept and still used them Mm -hmm. to bring the messiah into the world Mm -hmm. but at the same time god was also Carrying not only that out, he was also carrying out the bigger part of the covenant, which about the covenant for the redemptive, redemption of the whole world, mm-hmm. the right. biblical, the true, the big, biggest understanding right. of Israel. Now, and do you let's see? We talk, now. How do we know that Abraham understood it like that? He knew. That it was that I'm, I'm assuming. So this was passed down from even the creation. You know, Adam. Yeah. I mean, he told them, yeah. uh, "I will send somebody. They will. Uh, what is it? He'll crush the. He'll bite the heel, but I'll yeah. crush the head." Genesis, Genesis three fifteen. Okay, yeah. and so that was always so. Mm-hmm. It was understood. He's going to make it right. He will crush the serpent's head. He will be from the seed of a woman. It will be in real. It'll be a real person. It'll be a human because it'll be a seed of the woman and he will destroy what has had. So how, though, do we know that Abraham knew that this is a continuation of that and that uh, the covenant was Yes, representative of a nation and a people group, but also of a Messiah for the of the world. We- it's um, it's interesting. Uh, of course, the human race went uh, went sour on God, and they quit right. following Him. And so then you've got Noah, mm-hmm. and, and Noah had had some sense of that as well. Mm-hmm. The ark was a picture of God's redemptive mm-hmm. plan. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. were saved from the destruction, mm-hmm. from the judgment, judgment fell. I don't know. We can't get entirely into the brain uh, from the passages, passages we have. 
But I think there are there are there are generally speaking you can when you read about Abraham just as if we read about Isaiah here, there are certain passages that show us that they understood that right. that it was bigger than yes. just them. Because also at that point it's not as if Abraham needed saving from any other people group. You know what I mean? In other words, I think a lot of like a, a common um, uh, pushback, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of Jesus as the Messiah is that, well, that's not the understanding of what the Messiah was going to be or would be that it, uh, that it was more of a political savior, but that was never the understanding no. of Abraham. Abraham wasn't needing a savior from a political situation or some. He wasn't even a nation yet. It was just mm-hmm. uh, it was Abraham and Lot. And, well, uh, and so then and then passed down um, to Isaac. Isaac. Uh, would not have understood his role necessarily as being in terms of preserving the family lineage and and fearing God and being uh, he wouldn't have I think your focus at the time I, in I'm terms guessing, of what they're Stacey, looking I, for a Messiah I, the, their focus at the given time I think was to worship the true and living God, and mm-hmm. to be faithful to Him. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, they knew that was their calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Abraham knew it. Uh, Isaac and Rebecca, mm-hmm. they must have known some of aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with their sons Jacob and Esau, they knew that the the young, the younger would, the older would come to serve the younger, mm-hmm. and so the the little hints along the way that they understood that the the what God had called them to, one would yet yeah, be faithful to Him, follow Him, but uh, often there were reminders that. Uh, what bigger, mm-hmm. bigger than, bigger than just them and their family, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Moses saw that. Well, I uh, think what's fascinating about Moses is that he was not raised with that in mind. That he was not Jewish in terms of how he was raised in the covenant that he was taught and what was passed down to him, uh, he would not well, have had that. <laughs> he, he wasn't. Well, that's true. <laughs> I know where this was, is going. It did happen to have his mother. As, <laughs> his <laughs> mom might have. So that's he true, heard and right. knew and somehow oh, he oh. Under, somehow he grasped the uniqueness of their of the people of God, mm-hmm. and you know you got a little got let my people go, so they can go in the wilderness and worship you, mm-hmm. and so he, he had he had a he had a, an awareness of that. Right. I I don't know. That's uh, a good question. I don't know how much they. Understood I think it, right. the grand. See, 
Remember Abraham was called father of nations, mm-hmm. uh, of a nation, and the father of many nations. Mm-hmm. So, right. did they? Well, maybe what what I do love, and maybe this is where mm-hmm. I was kind of going with that question, is I feel like I hate to say feel, but uh, by the time we get to Isaiah, Isaiah is so clearly yeah. he got it, and I'm not exactly sure who all got it and where and to what extent and uh, up until Isaiah. But if nothing else, I Isaiah yeah, got it. He got it. <laughs> he got it. He understands. And the prophets in general, the prophets that we follow, right. Noah, Jonah, and all, they I got understood. I think you can tell somewhere in each of them there's, a, there's a, an awareness of, in their vision of something bigger than right. just and and maybe that group. comes with what you say when you talked about or when I read the calling you said it starts with a proper understanding of God I think it starts with that encounter with God when they are with God when they experience him when they meet him they understand they know and I love how in uh, then you say, you, you know, God, um, in speaking with Isaiah and that calling, the very next is, okay, you're going to go. Here I am. Send me. Okay, you go. Um, but they're not going to understand. There is a little bit of a different as as far as the translation on that. Uh-huh. Um, it does say that for these verses, the Greek when it's trans- the Greek version says, and he said, go and say this to people. When you hear what I say, you will not understand, but, you know, but say it anyway. Is the implication. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend for the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear. So there's a little, but the idea still though, is that they, they they're, going to be closed off. They're not going to understand or they're not going to see. And uh, I love Isaiah is quoted so many times. I mean, you talked about Jesus when, when he reads from Isaiah and he does over and over. Um, it's a beautiful book. And a lot of times I'm not sure I'll, if you read it or you hear it in Isaiah, you think, oh, well, I've heard that somewhere else. I thought that was in Matthew or I think, and mm. And the answer is, it probably is also yeah. <laughs> in also. Matthew. He's a, but um, that really great in Isaiah 35 and how we're getting kind of closer to that switch in, in chapter 40, where he goes from speaking judgment and then in 40 when he's speaking hope oh, and yeah. of the Messiah. Oh, yeah. But in uh, Jesus quotes that, is it 35? Five, and when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. And you see Jesus quoting that as well the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk. And that's that. Yeah, John the Baptist says, Are you the one? And he said, Tell them what you see. That's right. and it's not just a physical, though. It's not just the blind will see. There's always also that other aspect. They will understand because Jesus is, Jesus 
is that encounter with God. Wherever Jesus goes and wherever he is, there will be that same kind of encounter that Abraham had, that Moses mm-hmm. had, that Noah had, that Isaiah has. Uh, people will have that same encounter and they will yeah, understand. Good, they will he, see. <laughs> yeah, that's good because it's not, not just a matter of physical blindness. Right. Uh, when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind, yes. unplug the ears of the deaf. Right. The lame will leap like a deer. Uh-huh. And those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Uh-huh. Those who cannot speak, like Sophie Dollar now, <laughs> will sing for joy. Uh-huh. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness. Uh-huh. And streams will water the wasteland. Oh, that's just magnificent. It's so beautiful. Right. But, um, yeah. Well, it, it's clear that Isaiah saw it. And yes. I think we can clearly say that uh, the the prophets and the main, they all had a vision of not only what God is doing through them and their people group, Israel, but they also have a much greater vision and the two are related. It's not like they don't relate to right. one another. Yes, right. When they did their job, then it, it was at the same time contributing to the the bigger task okay. as well. Right. And when they so, didn't, it was devastating. Yeah. It was. It was uh, horrific. It was sad. It was heartbreak. It was. And uh, and at the same time, though, it was being used. I mean, God, it wasn't going to go to waste in terms of uh, his plan or his purposes. Yeah. Um, it was, in, in fact, it was it was developing in in the hearts of of that remnant. I mean, mm-hmm. it uh, it was it was the seeds uh, that were being planted. Well, this leads up to. Um, well, the the destruction seven twenty two the the oh boy I can't go it's okay the destruction of uh, Samaria and Jude and, and Israel in the north the ten tribes in the north and it ends up in chapter thirty five uh, thirty six it focuses on Assyria threatening Judah. Okay. And uh, the Emperor Sennacherib threatened Jerusalem. And, and Hezekiah's prayer, uh, he goes to prayer, and Isaiah predicts Judah's deliverance. Up to chapter 39, the message is of hope, salvation, the Messiah. But in general, it was, it was a a message of warning, calling Israel to repent, to turn to God, to seek God, and uh, they uh, they weren't doing it, and they there was an understanding that they would be judged right. for it, and that's the first thirty nine chapters, but in chapter forty, he definitely changes directions, and he starts talking about what God is going to do after they've been judged, mm-hmm. after they've been uh, uh, destroyed and broken. 
that they would be comforted and that he would restore them to the land. And so the last uh, the last 27 chapters focus on the restoration. And, and uh, there, it's not just the restoration of the people group, but chapter 42, chapter 42, the Lord's chosen servant. Now, who would that be? Jesus, the Messiah. <laughs> right. And predictions of the Messiah are clear all the way through. So, uh, yeah, Isaiah saw the twin aspects of the covenant of God. He saw them clearly, and he got straight. And thousands of Jewish men and women have seen it through the ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, i come to know Jesus as Messiah and Savior and Lord. And, and we can praise the Lord for that, even as we continue to pray for the people of Israel, for the people of God, uh, the people of Israel there. We can pray. Uh, we pray for anyone else mm-hmm. to come to know the Lord. The, the people of Egypt, mm-hmm. the people of China, the people of Mongolia, let them come to the Lord to you. And we can pray that same way for the people of Israel. There could be a turning. Yeah. Many already have come to Christ, and it's, it's no doubt, doubt about it. We don't have to make a special case of Israel necessarily. Uh, we, uh, some people are focused because that's their calling. But, and that's right, fine. Right. You know, I would focus for many years on Mongolia <laughs> because of my being an Apache. They say we descended from them. Mm-hmm. I prayed for Mongolia for, for many years while it was a closed nation. Mm-hmm. And then we had the privilege of going in and helping them take the gospel to them. So we can pray for the nation of Israel even today. The people of Israel would continue coming to the Lord. Oh, I love that's a, I love the in chapter thirty five. The idea is that of people going to traveling in highway to the Lord, and then of course you've got that great um, those great verses in chapter forty. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, "Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God." Fill in the valleys, and of course, yeah. I love that. I can't, I can't read yeah. those and not think of the song. Prepare yeah. the way wide in the wilderness, yeah. and here it's make way. The King, the Lord, is coming to you, mm-hmm. and that the is thing the opening. That John the Baptist yes, picks up exactly yeah. God, and this is, I mean, this is this is it. this for the coming of the Messiah, for the coming of Jesus. Prepare the way. Our our troubles are tied. We don't have to travel and be weary and try and get to him. He's coming to us. And he did, and he is still with us. Um, It is really beautiful. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, The wrap for this week. Uh, We'll keep in Isaiah this next week. We'll be back next Sunday to talk more. And we hope you have a wonderful week. This second half, right? The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. 
San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.